Welcome to the Regulation Podcast, brought to you by the Institute of Regulation. This is the second episode in this series of podcasts, and once again, we hope to help you understand what regulation is all about, what it's all for, and of course, why it matters to the public. My name is Anthony Oliver, and I'm going to lead the discussion today as we delve into the world of education and unpack some of the big issues and challenges facing this huge and critical sector. We're going to talk to some of the people who are driving forward regulation and give you a new perspective on the priorities and challenges they face, and I hope a clearer understanding of how the new Institute of Regulation can help. I have two guests today. Let me introduce Matthew Kofi, Chief Operating Officer at Ofsted, and Michael Hanton, Director of Strategy and Markets at Ofqual. Welcome, Matthew and Michael. Thanks for joining me on the Regulation Podcast. Hi, thank you for inviting us. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. Well, Matthew, you've been COO at Ofsted, the Office for Standards in Education, Children's Services and Skills since 2014, and with the organisation since 2007. Michael, you've been at Ofqual, the Office for Qualifications, Examinations and Regulation for the last eight years. So clearly both of you are immersed in regulation of education. But what does it actually mean? Matthew, describe what your current role in regulation is all about. Okay, well, th- thanks for that. Um, I'm really pleased when you introduced me, you gave Ofsted's full title, the Office for Standards in Education, Children's Services and Skills, because often people do think Ofsted equals schools. And of course, it does. But but that really important children's services and skills must not be forgotten. We also use the term regulation and inspection relatively interchangeably. But I think the way I describe it certainly in my head is that inspection is a function of regulation Um, and we we regulate in Ofsted where we are the regulator so we are the regulator for children's services and we're the regulator for early years provision childminders we inspect a function of regulation where we're not the regulator. So for schools, for example, the regulator is the Department for Education. And on their behalf, we inspect with a regularity that is determined by them or by statute. And then we report openly, fairly uh, and independently what we find. And it is for the regulator in schools, the DfE, uh, to take any regulatory action or enforcement action that they want to do. So I think in a nutshell, that's what we do. But because of those different bits, it adds up to quite a lot of activity, about 35,000 events a year. So give me an example of the kind of issue that's really on your desk right now then. Oh, crikey, there's so many. My desk is just full and I'm pleased you can't see it because it's a bit messy. Um There's a number of things that are on my desk. One from an employer point of view. We have uh, about 1,800 employees and and about 900 contracted inspectors or regulators. And of course, there's there's a growing confidence about coming back into the office. It's less of a challenge for those that we directly employ. But for those where we contract, and it's really up to them as to whether they want to come in, there is a reticence. Uh, And of course, what that means, I'm very focused on delivering the volumes. I already mentioned that the frequency of inspection uh, is is determined by statute. So it's a legal requirement. So there's a lot of things on my desk that are shaped in terms of how do I get the workforce back to full speed? 
The other thing that, that is really uh, focusing our attention is the impact of the pandemic on two things, the quality and standards of education and the safeguarding of children, young people and the vulnerable. Um, and, and I think because we tried really hard to keep eyes on of those vulnerable children through the pandemic, inevitably, you know, there was a period of time when people didn't have eyes on and that was very difficult. And for us, it's a priority to make sure, you know, that those children are A, safe and secure, but B, that any educational gap doesn't get exacerbated by that that was out of their control. Thank you, Matthew. Clearly a very interesting and challenging time for you right now. And Michael, essentially, Ofqual regulates qualifications, examinations and assessments in England. So the same question, how would you describe your current role in regulation? Yeah, thanks, Anthony. So um, Ofqual, our role is to make sure that uh, qualifications are good quality and um, really to act as the guardian of standards and the champion of fairness. And at the heart of that for us is students of all ages and apprentices and uh, we regulate thousands of qualifications taken at all different uh, stages of life, different contexts, all the way through to GCSEs, A-levels that everybody knows. Certainly, as you say, in terms of the big challenge for us, it, it would be the pandemic. We've had two years without exams and, and other formal assessments happening in quite the normal way. And their reintroduction this academic year, that's that's top priority for us. We want to make sure those exams are delivered securely, they're awarded fairly, and um, and students have, have confidence in them. So that, that's definitely the priority for us at the moment. And again, is that all that's on your desk at the moment? Gosh, I, I, I wish. Um, there's, there's a huge amount of change going on at the moment in uh, particularly vocational and technical qualifications, uh, really important for the economy and making sure that there's an offer that is good quality, that's clear, there's a market that's navigable. Uh, those are certainly priorities for us and working with, with government on those as well. OK, well, both Ofsted and Ofqual are independent of government. But it's fair to say that education is a very difficult, politically contentious area today, not least since, as we mentioned earlier, the COVID-19 crisis. So, Matthew, why do you think good and effective regulation is so important in the education sector? I think if the question is posed in the context of post-COVID, then, you know, what COVID forced us all to do was to reprioritise whether, you know, and I mean for individuals and and all businesses, you know, and the, the country reacted to something that we didn't see coming and we didn't know what shape it was and, and all of that kind of stuff. I think effective regulation is really important to help us reprioritize back to what is so very important. You know, it, it is it is political and everybody's interested in education because everybody went to school and everybody's children goes to school. Everybody, it's a common denominator across the whole of the country. We all experience education and we all have a different memory of, 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 of what it was like and it had a different kind of impact for all of us. So our view is that it must be the best possible education experience that it can be because it gives people 
the best possible chance and start in life. And it should be that same quality afforded to everybody. You know, it shouldn't be, you know, what 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 the wealth of your family is or where you live in the country. There shouldn't be a postcode lottery approach to education and good regulation you know, achieves those, helps to achieve those high standards and that equity and that social mobility for all. Michael, certainly at Ofqual, I imagine you felt the microscope of public opinion. I mean, everyone's got a view. It was harder in our day, the standards are slipping, etc. Yeah, absolutely. I think exactly as Matthew says, um, you know, it's one of those one of those parts of society, isn't it, that everybody experiences. Everybody remembers sitting in an exam hall at some point in their life, um, taking a qualification and um, so yeah I, I think that's absolutely right Every, everyone has has a view on on their experience and you know qualifications they're a passport they open doors they um, they create possibilities they enable people to progress in their lives they, re- they really matter and so of course people have an emotional connection to them of course people um, think that they're important they are important and they should be a tool in levelling our society, they should be there for students and apprentices, whatever their background, to demonstrate what they can do in their lives and to have the opportunity to to progress. So, you know, I think regulation is is fundamental to that. Employers, higher education, colleges, they all need the confidence that a qualification means what it claims to mean and that it opens the the door that it claims to open and so so standards really matter and that's very complex in a in a pandemic context where um things have changed so much and so many of the the, the mechani- mechanisms that we have 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 just not been available in the normal way so lots of challenges there but that's why the regulators there people need to have confidence in, that a qualification does what it says on the tin and and that's that's why ofcore exists so lots of challenges there, Michael. But would you say that recovery post-COVID is the major challenge facing the regulation of education right now? Yeah, I, th- I do think that's I do think that's right. You know, students have faced real challenges throughout their their course of study. You know, it's been it's been a really tough time, and so uh, I mean, we're we're taking unprecedented steps this year to support students, and doing that along with with the Department for Education, we have different policy responsibilities and and so sort of working together with them is is really important um so yeah certainly that is is number one i I think you know i I could take other angles i think the pandemic has raised the question about um how technology and innovation is is that has the potential to be a force for good and so you know how we regulate for for that i think is that's certainly on on my mind and 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 a, a topic for the future Matthew, what about you? What would you say are the big challenges that you see in the regulation of education right now? Yeah, I don't disagree with Michael at all. You know, it's a a, a, a human industry, isn't it, Uh, education? We rely uh, on individuals passing on their knowledge uh, and they're not immune from COVID, uh, either directly affected so they can't come in to work uh, or their anxiety levels, you know, all of those things are, are, are still challenges to the education sector. Um, and of course, as, as that confidence grows, that there's got to be a, a recognition of, of, of what has been lost and how do we, you know, bring people back up to 
you know, uh, the, the standards that we would expect of them. Uh, you know, children are resilient and, and, and they, they, will, they will get there. And what's important is that they don't wear a label that, that are, you know, are, are the children of COVID that, that people think are poorly educated. There's no reason for that. They're the children of COVID that people acknowledge went through a very, very difficult time affecting, you know, both their educational attainment, but also their mental health and well-being. And they're really formative years, aren't they? And, and when you're isolated from your friends and your social group and of course you know there's I've, I've always been relatively competitive and particularly in an educational context when that's not there you know children are relying on their own self-motivation and that differs for every child it's the school that drives them forward and we need to be able to you know get back to that you know muscle memory of of what that's all about as soon as we possibly can so michael do you think that in the work that you've been doing at ofqual that you've succeeded in meeting those challenges over the last COVID period? Gosh, that's a big question. Um, 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 perhaps for others to judge, I think um, I think it's been an exceptionally challenging time for the whole system. Um, I think we've got uh, plenty of work left to do um, before the, the, the completion of exams for this year. So as I say, first year of reintroducing exams after a two year break, um, this is a big and complex um, system. Uh, you know, there'll be around about a million children will take GCSEs and A-levels alone. There are other qualifications that are important that will take place in the summer as well. And so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we we will continue to work hard to make sure that that happens safely and securely. Certainly one of the priorities for us is, is being out there, listening, talking to people on the front line of education, we're in schools and colleges as much as we can be. Um, you know, we regulate on behalf of students. So we've got to be talking to students, to parents, teachers, school leaders, governors, um, understanding the experience on the on the ground and therefore how we can ensure that the qualifications um, take place as fairly and, and as securely as they possibly can. OK, you're both founding members of the Institute of Regulation, which launches formally in the spring. How do you see this new organisation helping the world of regulation, Matthew? Um, well, I, I mean, I've 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 helped to run a network of regulators for a few years now, and the the reason I I did it was was quite selfish reasons, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, you know, as, as Ofsted, we we face the same challenges that many other regulators do. You know, not enough money, too much to do. Michael's talked about technological innovation in education. It's the same for regulation. And I, I really needed somewhere to be able to chew some of those things over, particularly with regulators that have, you know, tried something and it failed. I don't want to make the same mistake that they've made. I want to learn from that. I want to be able to share our thoughts and aspirations and uh, and challenges and a bit of a therapy session to boot as well. So so the network kind of gave us that in a relatively unstructured and informal way. Um, but but when Martial came to to talk uh, to me and others about the concept of kind of formalising all of that with an institute of regulation, I really jumped at the chance because you know doing something as a bit of a hobby piece. 
was was great and it actually it had a life of its own it was really good having a formal structure i think can achieve all of those things and more that community of regulators recognizing that we are professionals in our own right we don't we serve different you know uh, stakeholders for sure but but actually regulation is regulation um so let's 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 go through this journey together and let's share the good practice, the bad practice, and, and let's together lift all of the boats in the harbour. Matthew mentioned Martial Bou of the Equalities and Human Rights Commission, who, of course, we interviewed in the last podcast. Michael, how do you see the Institute helping Ofqual, for instance, to drive better outcomes for education? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, in terms of how I see the Institute helping Ofqual, uh, I, th- I think regulation is a fascinating industry and I think uh, it's one that has its own way of thinking. It's a very multidisciplinary type of work in terms of how regulation works. You know, you need to understand stakeholder engagement, effective communications, nudge theory. You need to be able to generate evidence. You have to have a, a, a judicial kind of mindset or a legal mindset in terms of how you bring about enforcement action. And so so I think the Institute has the, the potential to play a really great role in professionalising the industry of regulation, looking at training and development, um, helping us all as regulators to recruit good people uh, that have, have the mindset and know how to think like a regulator. We said that education is a people business. Regulation is absolutely a people business. And so, you know, certainly with my off-call hat on, we're looking to to get great people. We have great people to continue to develop them um, so that we can be as effective as possible in, in regulating on behalf of students. That's that's the whole game. And of course, while you're regulating on behalf of students and enforcing the standards, also you're trying to drive better outcomes in education. How do you do that? Right, exactly. Yeah. And so we think a lot about how um, what we do affects teaching and learning, education, educational outcomes. You know, we we think about that as the washback effect. So, you know, when you're taking a qualification, does that have a positive impact on teaching and learning? Do qualifications support good teaching? And that that's absolutely critical. And so um, yeah, we're we're very thoughtful of that in in how we how we regulate. Uh, I mean, perhaps just to give a, a very brief example, if, if a student's taking a maths test, that maths test needs to test maths, not, for example, reading ability. And so um, in terms of achieving and supporting good educational outcomes, uh, that, that's really critical. And, and that's exactly the kind of thing that, that regulation is there to, to ensure. OK, well, just to wrap things up and close out, Matthew, this challenge of really driving better outcomes in education, would you say that's one of the key future education regulatory issues on your horizon? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think just to, to follow Michael's lead there, um, you know, we, we're, we, we have a strategy in Ofsted and, and the, the headline of it is a, a force for improvement. And it forces us to ensure that everything that we do leads to improvement. 
and and if I give you my example, we we go and in, inspect a school. Let's stay with a school. The inspectors now all record their evidence on an electronic system. Their evidence is tagged and it's it's sortable and searchable, and it performs the same duty as a uh, a pen and paper used to do. It provides and secures the evidence for that individual inspection. But what we can now do is we can lift the bonnet of that system and we can pull that evidence in themes from across the country and and then more rapidly we can pull that into a research report that can then influence policy at a, a government level and, and we're still doing the same task but technology has helped us to have an even broader impact they're the things that i think are going to help us in the future and they're definitely on our horizon thanks michael do you agree uh, yeah, I mean, um, absolutely. I think, you know, we, we've sort of mentioned technology a couple of times. I think we uh, we recognise that good data is fundamentally important to good regulation. You can't separate those two things. Um, uh, I think it's really exciting to look at how we can pull data across the education system together to help, help all of those uh, that are involved in regulation. We work very closely with Ofsted, Office for Students. Um, you know, and and others too in that that space. And I think there's there's really exciting opportunities to look at how we we get new insight and um, new ability to see is what we're doing working, and how do we make it work work better um, for students and apprentices. Well, let's hope that you succeed, because as you say, you're working in an environment that everyone's got a view on. Thank you very much, Matthew, and thank you, Michael. Thanks for joining me today on the Regulation Podcast. It is, as I said at the top, a huge subject, but I think that we've made a start in unpacking the education regulation challenge facing the UK. So thank you very much, Matthew and Michael. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Well, I'm sure that we'll be inviting you both back to tell us more about regulation challenges across education very soon. In the meantime, we've got more regulation podcasts planned and more guests to talk to as we continue to get stuck into some of the big issues faced across the sector. If you haven't done so already, do check out the new Institute of Regulation website. That's www.ioregulation.org, where you'll find a huge amount of really useful information about the Institute, how you can get involved, and about the issues and challenges facing regulation. And, of course, you'll find details of the next podcast, which will be with you very soon. So thanks for joining us. Thanks again to Michael and Matthew. And on behalf of the Institute of Regulation, I look forward to seeing you all again very soon.